Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show, Football Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina, and alongside me again, former high school football coach in New Hampshire, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again. Great to be here tonight. We, we brought the rain back. Uh, it's uh, been an interesting night, a little bit of rain, a little bit of thunder, I'd some lightning. I was say, I'd have to imagine a couple practices might have gotten cut short because there was, there was some lightning. Some playoff games, yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. yeah, there's some other, other sports going on right now that I've noticed on Twitter have been... Uh, suspended. Postponed, suspended, yep. yeah. So crazy night out there so we're recording this uh, at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua once again uh, you can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or at on all oh, wow <laughs> one of those nights already or on Twitter at NHHS sports uh, the show will be available Wednesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes Wow, we are finally at the final week yeah. of the regular season um, just crazy to already be here uh and you know as we probably kind of expected i, I think we're we're looking at um you know a couple of games in, in every division that are gonna still decide playoff spots i mean nothing you know especially division two yep. um you know it, it all hasn't been hashed out yet and um looking at an exciting week of games yeah absolutely it and it was a great week of games last week um a few things established a few things raise more questions <laughs> <laughs> a, few a few a couple surprises yeah, uh, yeah even you know i think maybe the biggest one um you know was Wyndham um not only beating pinkerton uh getting out to a 35 to 7 lead yeah in that game and holding on for a 35 21 win which i you know I'm, i was like you i was at the merrimack north game yeah and i'm looking at scores on twitter and when i saw it was 35 14 and then 35-21, I thought, uh-oh. Yeah. Not, you know, but I, I mean, you know, credit to Wyndham for not only coming out with the win, but e being able to hold on to that lead. I know a lot of teams, you know, when uh, – whether you you physically can keep up, it's a mental game too. Right. You know, where it's, oh, my, oh my Pinkerton is coming back. Right, right. And so how quickly do you, do you either fold or do you have the mental discipline to hang on? Yeah, it's funny uh, – We've talked a lot about signature wins for programs this season. You know, we talked about uh, Londonderry and that, that first big win they had over Salem was like a huge signature win. Um, we saw um, Winnicunnet go down last week to, who was it? Salem. Salem, right? So right. That, that was like a big win for Salem. Or I'm, so, I'm not sorry, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's the one yeah. I was thinking yeah. about. And then, um, and then um, the Dover win over Exeter, even though there don't end up being playoff implications, great win for that program. I mean, this has got to be one of the big signature wins of this season. Uh, I mean, the Jaguars coming down. You, we've been talking since the first show that we did about that you can't say, oh, well, they're Division Two and they're not going to be that good. But you still had the, d the doubts about um, how well integrated they'd be, meaning they're not well experienced with these opponents. And, and no matter how much film you have, that just doesn't change the fact that you haven't gone up against them. You don't know how they react to what you do. They've really exceeded those expectations. I mean, the win against Pinkerton is, is great. And I know that it was on the strength of a couple turnovers early. Uh, Pinkerton put the ball on the ground twice on uh, some tricky ball handling plays. But part of being great is capitalizing on those things. And Wyndham did that. You know, I, I thought going into the year that Wyndham had a chance to be a playoff team. Like, that, that, that they would yep. be where they are right now. On the cusp maybe being able to get in but most likely you know coming up a game short or losing a tiebreaker or something when they opened the season when they lost to Winnicott the first week 
They ended up losing to Londonderry, I, I believe, in week five, I want to say. And, I, you know, at that point, I think they were two and three. or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, they lost to Londonderry. They lost to Exeter. They're two and three, and I kind of thought, all right, well, they've played some – you know, they haven't gotten blown out by anybody. Right. They played all these teams close. And, and they're all really good right. teams that they had played co- close. But then, you know, I wouldn't have said, that, okay, well, well, Wyndham's path to the playoffs is clearly beating Salem and Pinkerton. Right, right. On, on the road, no less, right. too. You know, so I, I, for them to be at this point the way they've gotten there, I mean, I think it's very impressive. Um, you know, and, and maybe in hindsight, I mean, you, you look at the – I'm not as – you know, wasn't at the Exeter game, not as familiar with what happened there, but saw that win a kind of game. They had – chances to win that one and, yep. and, and weren't able to same with londonderry they got in a huge hole came back and just couldn't pull that one out yeah what if one of those goes the other way you know, I know. and we're talking about Wyndham maybe not even just being a playoff team but having a home game right um you know so they they've got to of course win this week against portsmouth hope that somebody else loses yeah or maybe a couple somebody else's yeah but that's a great position to be in in your first year in the division i know they won't they won't feel that way, right? They're they're competitive. They're going to want to win. Maybe but not right away, but, right? But you know, in the off season. Yeah, hopefully, when you reflect on it, you say, "Man, that was a pretty good way." But I mean, talk about so you talk about a great way to come out in D one. They came out in their first drive on this game, went ninety yards right down the field. This team, this Wyndham team, does remind me of that one that won the title uh, back in um, twenty fourteen, I think, where they had. Right. Uh, I forget um, the quarterback's McInnes. name. McInnes and Joey no, Frake. Yeah, that is right. McInnes, yeah. Uh, they had a really good linebacker now whose name should be etched in my memory, but I, I'm... Was that Pizzotti? Was he on that, that uh, team? No, it was the... Yeah, it was the, the year one before him. Yeah, it was like it, the... With the, the ones they grow on trees out there. Yeah, the yeah. Another one yeah, of those I mean, uh, six foot two, yeah, 215 pound kids, but... I can't think of that name. But this team reminds me of them because you have Potter, again, throwing three touchdowns. Um, you know, so they've got that quarterback um, again. That when you run that kind of offense, if you can have a kid like Emmerich who can run for 156 yards and two touchdowns, but you have a quarterback that can put another three touchdowns on the board, I mean, it's it's very very dangerous. So mm-hmm. they've they've uh, they've done the best with their kids this year. It sounds like. So you know, with um, with Pinkerton losing, that really. Um you know, opens the door for Londonderry to, to get that home game, uh, you know, not only win the South, get the number one seed, you know, have a, have two potentially two home games leading up to through the semifinals. Um, Pinkerton, of course, has to go to Winnicott and play this Friday. A big game for Pinkerton. You wonder, I mean, Winnicott is knows where it is. It's the two seed. Yep. That, nothing's going to change there. Yep. You wonder if maybe they're going to rest some guys, um, you know, wh- what's going to happen there. Yep. Would be kind of disappointing if that were the case but uh you can't blame them yeah for, for, for wanting to do especially with you know how banged up they've been at points this year yeah yeah uh, they have i mean that's the thing i don't it's been a long time since i've been on a coaching staff that's gone against ron Font and 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 that group but i don't know you know so it's been a while my data is way outdated but I, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that i, I think he's a week-to-week kind of guy and i, I don't think he's going to do anything foolish uh, meaning playing a guy that doesn't need to be in there. But I, I would guess that Winnicunit will be playing for the win there. You know, so that leaves kind of Salem, Pinkerton, Wyndham for those final two spots. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's going to 
it, it'll probably come down to tiebreakers. Everybody's favorite, um, yeah, favorite thing. Fortunately, there doesn't look to be any curveballs that are going to be thrown in. Yeah, you know, in this one. Um, and, and interestingly enough, as you mentioned earlier, Wyndham beat Salem and Pinkerton. Right. So they so they hold the tiebreaker, but they need one of them to lose. Right. Exactly. Uh, at least one. Right. Yeah. On the other side, a little bit more clear cut. You know, we know Bedford's the number one seed at eight zero, um, playing. The team, well, I shouldn't say they're the number one seed. They're the top team out of the north. Merrimack's the top team out of the west at 7-1. and one. They play each other Friday in Bedford. Yep. Um, I, you know, I mentioned that um, talking to Kip Jackson a couple weeks ago uh, after the Merrimack beat Concord about, oh, the rest of his schedule. And, uh, and he just kind of shook his head about having to go to Bedford again. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of a... I don't say it's been a. I mean, I guess it has been a house of horrors for them, but it was really only one season. Yeah, seasons worth. And, and two I mean, games. it was. It was both teams were excellent teams. Oh, that I, year, I would. So. I think you could say that those were the, they were the two best teams in the state that year. Yeah. And if they were to play, I know Bedford won both games that they played that year, but I think if they'd have played ten times, it, it would have been five and five. Yeah. Yeah. And and the games kind of reflected that, you know, that that year. So yeah. So there's some good. It's almost like a new rivalry type of thing, you know. They're they're sort of feeling each other out um, early on here in in their history together, and uh, pretty sure that Merrimack. I mean, uh, Merrimack's never beaten Bedford in football. I don't believe so. Yeah, no. yeah. Now that they've played a ton, but yep. um, uh, but you know, it's a good matchup because it's it's two very similar styles, offensively and defensively. Very similar styles. Uh, very similar types of rosters in terms of the types of athletes that they have. Um, and and both very good running backs. You have um, Eichmann who who had a another hundred yeah another hundred hundred yard game, four touchdowns. Yeah, you know against North, which was a huge game this weekend. And then you have um, Toscano Ryan Toscano, Ryan Toscano who's, who's, who's you know who's been putting up crazy numbers usually in about a half. Right, right. Yeah. I mean he's not even playing full games. Yeah, and uh, and you could argue he's probably one of the best players in New Hampshire. Two, right certainly now. two of the fastest running backs, um, right up there with. You know, a guy like Curtis Harris, who had yep. a huge game last week against against Merrimack. Yeah, um, yeah, 172 yards, three touchdowns, ridiculous, another ridiculous hundred through the to, air. To watch him and, and think that he's only a sophomore, yeah. Harris. That he did not look like a sophomore no. in that game, and 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 he was probably the first challenge, the first real legitimate challenge that the Merrimack defense has faced this year. You know, not to take anything away from the Merrimack defense, but. He he's the real deal. And I mean, they they put up points on him. No, they, you know, uh, no one had put up that much nope. um, on them yet this season. You know, outside of that central game where they, you know, turned the ball over yeah, about a gave million them times, the ball yeah. six times, yeah. in, in in you know inside the thirty or whatever it was. So so as we we're saying, you know, the winner of that Bedford Merrimack game gets the top seed. Yep. Loser gets the two seed. North is the three regardless. And then it comes down to, to Goffstown and, and, and Central. Um, yeah. you know, Central beat Concord last week to knock them out. Um, you know, they get Nashua South this week, needing a win and a Goffstown loss to get in. Yeah. But Goffstown, it's kind of a mix there. They, they, they're playing keen at home. Could possibly, again, be without Charlie Keith, their yeah. you know, starting quarterback. Didn't yeah, this play. was the second week they had to go to Jared Hanalt, correct? His his first start, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah mo he, I mean, he missed most of the – the week before against uh, Keith did against South. Yeah. Um, but he's know, shown the ability to run that out. I mean, they, they haven't – he came in and, and played the second quarter against South and looked like the real deal. Like, he threw a couple touchdown passes, ran pretty well. They moved the ball. Second half of that game wasn't quite as good. Yeah. Against BG on Saturday, 
you know, they, they scored. They were able to move the ball. They got a couple touchdowns. But they also made some big plays in special teams and defense that right. helped them, you know, help put the offense in, in, in good positions. Yeah. So you were at that game. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So and it sounded like um, Josh Juno had a fantastic game yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 140, 140 yards. yards two touchdowns. Yeah. And really w what was big about him was he was able to help them run out the clock. Right. I, they they. They didn't have the ball as much as I thought in the second half, but when they did, they were able to put some drives, whether they were scoring or not, to kind of keep BG's offense, right. you know, from scoring too much. Right, because BG's got guys that can score. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. They ha their record doesn't show, but yeah, I mean, and that's that's great, right? You look at if if um, mm -hmm. Coach Huff and and Gostown are going to have to rely on Jared again, you know, the the good news is you know that there's a running threat there that you you don't have to rely on him. Uh, if you don't have to to win the game, you know you, you can you can have him manage be really efficient like he's been the last couple weeks, hand the ball off to a guy like Juno and, um, and and balance it out really nice. You know, keep people on their heels and, and adjust your plan a little bit. So that's good. One one thing I want to bring up about BG before moving on too far away. Um, I know now you know one and seven gonna you know they've got a game against Memorial this week could be their second win. Yep would only be their third win in the last two years. So obviously, you know, they've been they've had some struggles. But watching them um, just from, from this game and where they were previously in the year, they look like they've made some pretty good strides. The other thing is, too, is if you look at that roster, and I, I, I meant to bring it with me and, and didn't, but I, and I know they have some seniors, but a very large portion of their playmakers are underclassmen, yeah. you know, They've got two quarterbacks in, in Hayden Moses, who played all of Saturday's game, and Joey De Silva, a soft, you know, junior and a sophomore. Yep. Different kind of quarterbacks. You wonder if I don't know. My brain was going here, wondering what you know could it be possible? Like could they play both those kids at the same time and and have some kind of you know line them up side by side and play yeah. like a single wing like spread offense kind of thing where you don't know who's getting the uh, anyways. Yeah. Or if one of them yeah. can run, you know, you have him as the running back. Um, Right, Given right. The yeah. ability to throw it every you know, once in a while. They've got um, Austin Hisco, who's yeah. only a junior. He's, he's you know, only a junior? He's only a junior. He's, he's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's back for another year. Joey Lupo, yep. um, we're talking about fast kids. Yep. Um, Joey Lupo might be the fastest kid of them all. Like, I I mean, he's he goes, you know, zero to 100 in no time. Yeah. Um, he's back. I, he's only a junior. Yeah. I'm I'm no I'm forgetting a couple of other kids. Um, not sure if they're seniors or not, but yeah. the the foundation looks like it's there. And while the results certainly haven't been what they wanted um, at BG this year, I think their future is maybe a little bit brighter than people might might realize. Yeah, and you hope that those players realize that and that they trust the process and that they don't let a disappointing season um, deter them from the bigger picture, which is, hey, you know, we could be pretty good next year and even better in the in the coming years. You hope that they've bought into Coach Trishiani's system and style and things that he's trying to accomplish. Because because um, because you're right, right? I mean, it would be um, it would be a shame to have all that talent, but it becomes more of a, a mental attitude thing that prevents them from reaching their their goals. So yeah, you know, and you know, just to wrap up on that on Division One. I know we sat here in mid-August talking about, you know, thinking that Central was going to be the team to beat in this cluster. Yeah. Um, hard to believe that, e that even e even with a win, um, they could finish 6-3 and, three and yeah. end up missing the playoffs. Just, I think, shows you 
how small the margin for error has been this year. Yeah. That, you know, they... The Central's they, still a good team. Yeah, Central's a very good team. They make a stop against Goffstown um, late in that game. Yep. You know, we're talking about them having the tiebreaker being, you know, um, I believe seven and two or, what you know, whatever it is, six yeah. and two, seven and two, somewhere in there. Um, you know, the looking at the other side, like we were talking about Wyndham when it kind of week one, yeah. Wyndham struggled to move the ball. You know, they are able to get a, a touchdown in that game. Yeah. It's a completely different game. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're putting up three touchdown passes yeah, and a hundred. Yeah. You know, they have a hundred and fifty yard rusher against Pinkerton. You know, so it's just it's it's so this year. I think while there have been plenty of lopsided scores and and some teams that are down, uh, just amongst the good teams, th- there's such a small gap. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think well, that's, that's great. For, yeah, it's going to make for a great couple of weeks. Here. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to make for interesting playoffs. I mean. Thank God well, nobody's asking me for <laughs> predictions or anything. <laughs> well, no, that's, that'll think, be next week. Yeah, yeah but, you know, but it's like, you know, you, you start to look at some of these matchups, and I, I don't know, because yeah. like you said, the margin for error is so small. A turn, you know, two Pinkerton turnovers, and Wyndham rolled them. Yeah. Speaking of not being able to know what the heck is going on, Division Two. Division Two, indeed. <sighs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we've we've you know probably beaten it to uh, a pulp, but. That South, um, Division Two South, where you have, you know, Milford losing to Hollis and then beating Sauhegan and Pelham. Yeah. You know, and then you have Hollis losing to Sauhegan and Pelham and now beating Alvern last yeah. week. Alvern beating all of them, uh, you know, other than Hollis. Uh, yeah, uh, and then I losing to Hollis. Pelham, so I yeah. mean, yeah, I've um, given up on Division Two it, South. It, it's <laughs> <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't know anymore. I mean, at this point, you, you've got to figure Plymouth is in at 8-0. Yeah. No. yeah. St. Thomas, Thomas is in at 7-1. and one. Yeah. And I, I now suddenly have no internet. What is going on here? Um, Bo, you got to assume that they're in. Um, also at seven and one. Yeah. Although they have a really interesting game this week at Sauhegan. Yeah. Um, that you've could got be the biggest game of the season for both of those. For both, yeah, for both of them. Yeah. I think for Sauhegan, obviously, because you know, I don't necessarily know if they need a win to get in, but it sure wouldn't hurt. No. Um, yeah, especially not with the way things have gone. And and for Bo, you know, maybe something you know, well, uh, it, it it may be something where they, you know, who have they they've played Plymouth, first game of the season they lost. They've got a big win over at Hanover yep. a couple weeks ago. They've got a win against John Stark. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, the North, the bottom part of the North Conference this year was so far down. Yeah. You know they. Talking about signature wins, this could be a very big boost for them going into the into the playoffs. Yeah. So it's funny. I, I was thinking about that game, Bo Sauhegan, and and uh, on paper, you know, if you were asking me, what do you think about that game? I would say, well, I'd give the edge to Bo. Um, yeah. Based I, I on, just, just based, based on, on, what, on his on what happened this year. Yeah. Right. But then I think about what Sauhegan, the way Sauhegan has played this year. You could look at it and say, well, that's been a little bit inconsistent, and it has been. But you think about the way they battled back in some of these games, you know, the, the Sanborn game, uh, you know, the resilience that they showed in the uh, the Pelham game that was over in Derry a couple weeks ago. Um, they've, ha- they've Sauhegan is a really battle-tested team in terms of facing adversity and, and, and fighting their way with some heart and character through some things. So I, I don't know, you know, like I, I, that intangible for a team like Sauhegan, if they get rolling, um, could be could be powerful. On paper, again, I think I think I would I would lean towards thinking Bo, but 
I think Sauhegan has been through a lot of a lot of tough situations and a lot of adversity this year, so uh, it's going to be a fun game. You know, I, I know I, I know I've talked at times about how you can kind of tell who's been eliminated from, especially in D two from the playoffs by who has four losses. Right. You know, it's been, you know, I don't think a four loss team has gotten in since they switched to two conferences. Um, I think you're right. I don't division I any. Division one since they switched, you know, to. Um, Instead of top two from each conference, yeah, the, the I don't think a four, I don't right. think a four loss team has gotten in. Prior to that, they had. They, oh yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another story. Uh, <laughs> don't don't go over to Salem and mention that. Right, that's, right. Not a, that's not good good idea. Um, I think this year potentially you could end up with a four four loss team or two yeah. getting in because you you know you look at, at at who you know the teams that are still fighting for playoff spots. Sauhegan has Bow. Yep. Hollis Brookline hosts St. Thomas. It's oh, yeah. at five and three. That you know that could be a tough game for them. Yep. Then you have Pelham, who's four and four, playing Manchester West. On the other side, you've got John Stark and Guilford playing each other. Yep. John Stark at five and three. Guilford four and four. I know. I, I mean, it's anyone not even it, worth it, trying to figure no, out. No, at, at this point, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a stab at it later in the week. But yeah, yeah it'll probably everything I'll figure out will probably be wrong. So it's right, right. So know, we gotta go to watch the games. And yeah, see what yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, we know, I think it's safe to say Plymouth and St. Thomas and Bo are in. The winner of that Milford-Alvern game is going to be 7-2. and two. Yep. That team's in. The loser's probably in, too. Yep. And then after that, I mean, Hanover's at 6-2, and two, but they play Plymouth. Um, you know, if they lose that game and, say, Hollis, Sauhegan, you know, and John Stark pull off wins. Yeah. Who knows? Well, you know, who knows what that changes? Hollis beating Alvern this week was a huge deal, right? I mean, what was that? 33-27? 33-27. They needed that win to to, to have a shot. Yeah. yeah. And and Quentin Wimmer, who we've been talking about his brother Sander all year, because Sander's been one of the best quarterbacks in in Division Two. But Quentin Wimmer catches you know a sixty-one yard pass, a forty-five yard pass. He was you know five receptions, one hundred thirty-nine yards. But the big deal in that game sounded like. He had a strip and uh, you know a strip and run basically. So down on the three yard line, so a fourteen point swing. He strips a running back, runs eighty some odd yards. I mean, he didn't get the touchdown, but they scored a couple plays later. Um, those kind of things don't happen to teams that have sort of packed it in or started thinking right, about well, yeah, we're not going to make yeah. the playoffs. So clearly, Hollis Brookline is um, feeling feeling some pressure, and 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 I would imagine after beating a seven and whatever. Six and six and one Alvern team. The only loss they yeah, had was to St. Thomas. Thomas. Got to feel good. Now, who did you say they have? They have St. Alvern, Hollis, Hollis plays Brooklyn St. Thomas. Thomas. Yes, Alvern yeah. plays Milford. Yeah, so well, I mean, those it's are two big games too. So. Huge, huge games. So the Milford, Sauhegan, Hollis, all those teams have big, big games this weekend. You know, and then and then like I said, you look at Pelham and and Guilford, who normally I would say at four and four, it's yeah. been fun. You had a good year. I mean, this year one of them could end up sneaking in. Yeah. Um, you know, or a four-loss Sauhegan or a four-loss um, Hollis Brookline. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I think, and again, this this division the last couple of years has been the wildest too because I think because of the way they seed it, how it's one through eight, well, you know, one, the winner of the one yeah. conference, number two is the winner of the other. And then, and then three through eight is the next best teams. Yeah. It, it creates um, a little bit of chaos, yeah. a little bit of un, you know uh, unknown going in. I, 
and and the more I think about it, I almost wish that they would do that with Division One too. Yeah. In some ways, I do. In yeah. some ways, I don't. Um, I know that you like it because I, I, I texted you an expletive, <laughs> <laughs> like on Friday night about uh, one of the games, uh-huh. and you wrote back, "Bring on the chaos." <laughs> so I'm just yeah, telling our yeah. listeners that you like this. Stuff. I like. I do. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I hate the predictable. I I hated the the biggest thing. There were two reasons why I didn't like the six division format. Yeah. One was was the number of teams that then are oh we're state champions. Yeah, I mean it's great you did you 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 did work hard you won a championship. Yep. It's earned it's well earned. But I mean in in a state like New Hampshire, for there to be six divisions six teams yeah. that are playing championship or winning championship games, I mean you look at some other states like, you know previously I worked in in Pennsylvania, there's not that I think there's five in yeah. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's huge, Kentu- huge and, and it's state. huge. Yeah. yeah, Kentucky was the other one. Yeah. At the time I was there, there were only four. Yeah, and that, and if you really want to get into it, that was the only sport that they divided into classifications. Right. Everything else, basketball, soccer, yeah, you know, baseball, softball. It was one. There was one state champion for every sport. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I mean. Well, it's a little bit bigger than New Hampshire, if you haven't noticed. No, uh, no absolutely. And you said predictability, right? I mean, you could look at Division could One and be like, okay, so the play. I, I'll tell you right now. You know, August tenth, I'll tell you who all the playoff teams right. are and who's going to win. Yeah, you know, you the know? old Division Two. Okay, excellent. Yeah, Bishop or d- the worst. Three. The worst was Division Three. Yeah, oh, Sauhegan and Portsmouth. Well, <laughs> for, for a couple of years, where it was Plymouth and Sauhegan. Yeah, right. You know, or Plymouth, Sauhegan, Milford. Right. It. It. You no, just knew I, it's, who the haves and have-nots were going to be. You know, as much as. As much as you you know, we do this to promote the sports. I also kind of want to be entertained too. Yeah, <laughs> I as mean as that's as why I you. Go, I think that's why do, yeah. at any level you go to sporting events. Right, it's the Should entertainment factor. Yeah, no one wants to watch a, you know, a blowout. Right. Um, or a game that's kind of meaningless. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. You, you want something to be at stake every week. It's uh, so do the players and the coaches, right? I mean, every every program at the beginning of the year wants to believe. And should be able to believe that we're going to be competitive this year. We're going to have a shot. We're going to be that window, right? That's like, if a couple things happen, and you know, you just right. want to yeah. be in that spot. Yeah. We need to change the subject though, because if we keep going down this, so I'm going to get drawn off of football, and, and we're going to start. <laughs> we're going to go down, and this is a football show. So yes, it is. It, yeah. Keep it um, uh, online. So, let's move to Division Three. We haven't um, talked about the big one. The biggest game of the of yeah. the year in Division Three, the yeah. Monadnock thirty six, Campbell fourteen. Yeah, um, <laughs> what happened? I, I mean, it I just sounds like Monadnock just bludgeoned them. A l- yeah, physically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't any finesse I to believe it. From what I Campbell Campbell lost Keegan Mills at one point. Oh, I did not see that. I, I did see I, that Mills I, had a seventy yard touchdown. He came out of the game on. at one point. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, my my sources could be wrong. Yeah, no, but that um, would that would certainly contribute. But I mean, Manadnock. I, so I had some I had some homework that I did on Manadnock here. Manadnock called sixty six rushing plays <laughs> in that game. I mean, some teams don't run fifty five plays. Mm. They called sixty six rushing plays. Two hundred eighty five yards. Some, on pe- the ground. some teams don't have fifty five plays. Right, <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Right. Uh, Chandler Matson. Oh, yeah, I know. I get the joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I ruined that for you. <laughs> I, I apologize. But Chandler Matson and Tim Hart both scored two touchdowns on the ground apiece. 105 for Matson, 82 for Hart. 
Campbell was held to 180 yards total on offense, 70 of which on was on Keegan on Mills's wow. run early and he, in and the game. He did, yes, he did leave the second half of that game with an injury. Yeah. It looked like, yeah. Well, you know, so that's interesting too, though, because I've been, you know, I've, I've been part of close games. Um, my last game as a coach at Sauhegan always comes to mind. We lost Dante Savo in the very first drive of the second half, which in, in, in which had been a back and forth game against Hollis Brookline, and then just boom. All, all, it all fell out, right? So you got, almost got to wonder: Did something like that happen to Campbell? Where, you know, we're talking about high school guys here. So that emotional punch of we just lost our superstar, we're unsure about his future. It can deflate a team. It, yeah. No yeah. matter what you do as a coach, no matter what you've preached, I mean, you can't guard against that emotional deflation. So I'm not, not in any. I got to tell you what, this doesn't surprise me. It really, it really did no. not. I, I, I don't know. It, we talked a little bit about the matchup last week, and I was like, I just felt like Manadnock had come around the last few weeks, and they were just being physical. Well, and The other thing, too, is how much more did this game mean to Manadnock than it did to Campbell? Yeah. You know, I mean, Campbell won last year. They won the championship last year. Granted, it's a, a different year. Yep. But Manadnock has got a lot of the same kids. Yep. You know, and they've had, you know, you look at that game last year. Two years ago, they were undefeated um, and hadn't been, you know, no one had, had, had come close to beating them. No. And they get upset by Stevens in the semifinals. Yeah, you know, a couple of years before that, weren't they? They were undefeated in Division Two and ended up losing. I mean, this is going back a couple of years. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they ended up losing in the first round, I think, in that one. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's. Yeah. They've had some close calls, and and haven't been able to get over the 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 hump. And I think this game meant a lot more to them. And you know, now it means that um, you know they're gonna, well. They're going to have the home, you know, have home field for yeah. the first two rounds here. Um, you know, Campbell, I, I would have to believe, is going to be the number two seed. Trinity, with a big win over Stevens. Yeah. Um, they look like the three seed. And then it's, yeah. you know, I'll throw the names up in the air and, you know, see who lands on top to figure out who's going to have that fourth seed in the yeah. other home game. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave all that figuring to you. To and me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have far well, better math skills I, than I do. But You know, I was starting to go over some of it last night, and I'm reading the wording for the way they're selecting teams in Division Three, and it almost sounds like if, if Campbell and Trinity finish with the same record, even though Campbell beat them head-to-head, -head, the thing that's going to be the, the deciding point is rating, yeah. which Trinity would have a better one. Wow, yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's accurate, but, I, you know, we'll have to yeah. – you know, f put out some feelers and figure that out. But yeah, um, yeah, you, you know. got to figure Laconia could be in that mix. Uh, Hillsborough during Hopkinton, who just had an absolute blowout win over Epic Newmarket. That, that's the, probably the game of the week. Is they are playing Stevens. Yeah. Um, you know, who's I think started out five and zero and has gone zero and three since. So yeah. they're you know they're looking to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, you almost got to one. I mean, there's a very good chance that Hillsborough during Hopkinton could pull off that win and um, end up hosting a uh, a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, how how great of a story would that be for that program? Oh, you know, then you go back to that interleagues game too. Yeah, fifteen and fourteen yeah, with yeah. a couple turnovers and you lost your quarterback at halftime or or close to it. Right, that's a rough one. So, uh, and then you know the thing with with D three is only division so far that we know that the, the eight teams that are going to be in the playoffs oh is that right oh yeah yeah um and look who that eighth team is right now what do you got summersworth four yeah. and four after starting 0 and four against the gauntlet of, of yeah. just 
Well, we looked know. at that a few weeks ago. We and did. We said, wow, uh, what, a, what a start that they had to have. And they could go undefeated the rest of the season. <laughs> They've got a you know, game against Trinity on, on Saturday that, um, you yeah. know, not that it's I, – I don't think it's going to matter much unless, you know, unless – Points wise, they can jump in front of somebody who loses. Yeah. Um, and th- there's a group of five and three teams in there. One of them loses. Um, maybe they jump in front of them. I don't know, but it's not, you know, probably less likely to happen. Yeah. But I mean, to come back from from that, um, get they get a one point win over over Kearsarge, um this past week. Yeah. Um, Which Kearsarge seemed like they were kind of on the ropes but they've had some interesting they've had some interesting they've results yeah, the last few interesting weeks. results but they haven't been able to really pull through outside no. of that game against Newport and um, I don't want to get off a of D3 either without med- I don't know if you saw this or not but Laconia versus Newport and I know it was I did I saw the score yeah but Jacob Steele 322 rushing yards and two touchdowns oh my god <laughs> 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 I mean that's what happened out there <laughs> I, I mean it, you know, again, I, I understand there was probably a mismatch there. And has um, has Newport um, – what's their record this year? I don't think they've won a game yet. Okay. No, they haven't won a game yet. Yeah, no, th- yeah, you're right, they haven't. So so I get it, right? But 322 yards, is, that's, uh, that's a pretty amazing performance. Uh, I know that he's he was a first-team All-State guy last year, but, I mean, that's a, that's a stat I didn't want to not mention. <laughs> Three rushing touchdowns to go with the, the yardage. So, wow. Uh, and then, of course, uh, take a quick look at D4. I think Winnesquam, Newfound, Franklin are in. And then it comes down to, to Raymond and uh, Fall Mountain. Yeah. And wasn't yeah. there an interesting result, Raymond, this weekend? Raymond fell to, to Farmington, um, kind of a, a, a strange one there, because Farmington has been a team that struggled over the over recent years. Yeah. And was that Farm- uh, that was Farmington's first win? Yes. Over yes. Raymond, who's yeah. who, was a play- who was in line for a playoff yeah. game. So. You know, and then um, Winnesquam and Franklin play this week, yep. so that'll be an interesting one, um, possibly for the top seed, depending on what comes out of that one. So, a lot left to to be decided, um, even yeah. with just one game to go. Uh, I don't know. Any any final thoughts before we wrap it up for uh, the last week of regular sh- of the regular season? No, I mean, game of the week potential in Division One would be uh, Merrimack Bedford at Bedford. Um, you know, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. Division two, God, I don't know what the game of the week would be there. I mean, you could <laughs> say Hollis, Brookline, uh, St. Thomas, Thomas Mil- Mil- Milford, Alvern, Milford, Alvern, Alvern, Plymouth, yeah. and Hanover. Yeah, I right. Mean, so yeah, you, you can only be in one place at once. I'm gonna have the to figure that the one. The playoffs kind of start early in D two. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Uh, uh, you know, because things will have yeah. we'll know what's going on. We, at that we point. will ho- we will hopefully know yeah. what's going on by then. <laughs> Uh, he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for uh, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh Check us out, nh-highschoolsports.com, and thanks for listening.